It amazes me that Republican congressmen can actually bash President Trump at this point. They are total failures. Their approval rating is at 10%, which is amazingly high to me. But they have failed every step of the way. We have not had a single piece of significant legislation here. We have a Republican House, Republican Senate, Republican president for the first time in years. It is almost September. They're on recess now, so they're not going to pass anything for the next few weeks. And nothing, nothing has been accomplished. And yet President Trump and the White House have accomplished an amazing amount of stuff single-handedly with no support. And yet they're the ones bashing Trump because they're offended by his tweets or something like that. This is scary stuff. And the most incredible part of this is that even without Congress and Senate doing a darn thing, the president has still, the country is getting so much better in so many ways. I mean, immigration is down to historic lows. Businesses are flocking back to this country. The stock market is soaring. 153 million people employed, the most Americans employed in the country's history. And it can't, you can't attribute that, you can't credit that to the House and the Senate because they haven't done anything. It's all coming from the president. Imagine what they could do if the, 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 how many hundreds of congressmen and senators, Republicans, uh, actually got involved and it wasn't just one man doing everything by himself. And here, look, Trump's approval ratings, President Trump's approval ratings are low right now. They're at 39%. That's the Rasmussen poll. That has been the best poll for President Trump, generally the best for conservatives. That's likely voters. So to me, it's the most important uh, poll, but his approval numbers are down. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that, but the main reason is because he has so little support from his own party. How is he supposed to have a boost in approval numbers when Republicans are the ones who cannot wait to bash him? They can't get out of their own way trying to bash President Trump, John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and you know, on and on. The list goes on and on and on. And even the ones who don't uh, actually criticize him still almost, you almost never hear them supporting him. Bill Clinton, Obama, these people could do nothing wrong in the Democrats' eyes. And you know, you want to tell me you have certain issues with him? Fine. Mention it and say, listen, he's an amazing president. He's done a ton of things. He's super conservative. But you know what? I have a couple little problems with with him. Okay, mention those problems. Very nice and move on. But they harp on it. These Republicans. It's like that's more important to them than the fact that this man is completely changing the direction of this country, reversing courses from Obama and rescuing us. Our country is on the brink of disaster and collapse. At least it was. And he is single-handedly swooping in and rescuing us. That's why his approval numbers are low. It is inexcusable. There is another reason which we've discussed, which is that you got the White House has to focus on positive things. They have to focus on exciting things. You know, stop playing defense. Stop focusing on Russia and meetings with Russian foreign officials and stop, you know, defending yourself and trying to... That, that's just not going to work. If the conversation is about Russia, even though it's a, a ridiculous nonsense story, it's it's totally made up, fabricated, manufactured, fake news. But once you even say the word Russia, you're lost. Every time they hear the word Russia, tr- the, the, the Trump people have to say the same thing. Jobs are are growing at a super fast pace. Illegal immigration is down. The economy is booming. We're going to undo all of Obama's policies that crushed businesses. Just keep talking about it over and over again. And don't say, well, you know, uh, Russian officials, it's okay. There was no collusion, da-da-da. Just don't even say the word collusion. Now, a, a lot of interesting stuff is going on. There are new sanctions on North Korea. The U.N. Security Council passed unanimous sanctions against North Korea. Now, this is not – listen, folks, okay – I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I'm not happy about this. I I am, but I'm not, and I'll explain why. First, the good part is that these sanctions could actually crush up to a third of North Korea's income. 
So that's a good thing. You know, these can have an impact. And the better part of this is that China actually voted for these sanctions. Now, China has been North Korea's number one supporter. So this is a good sign. And I'll read you a quote from the Times in a minute. It's going to shock you from the New York Times. But before that, let's not get excited. And here's why. You know, China's a big deal because that's in response to President Trump's uh, pressure on China. That's a big deal. But here's the thing. There have been tons and tons of sanctions against North Korea. Nothing has worked. They defy them. They just continue to plow forward, plow ahead with the their nuclear ambitions, and they're getting dangerously close, dangerously close. And basically everybody agrees right now that they have a missile that can reach at least part of mainland America, at least the east coast of mainland America. Terrifying, terrifying stuff. But um, – but but so they haven't. Really, I think they'd rather go bank. Kim Jong Un rather be bankrupt as long as he can attack the United States. He doesn't care about the money. You know, obviously they need money to be able to keep their uh, nuclear program intact. But you know, I'm not optimistic about the sanctions. But but here's here's the thing. I'm worried that if they have sanctions, they're going to say the the White House and the government are going to say, you know what. We have sanctions in place, and we don't have to do anything else. No, do not rely on these sanctions. Well, we have sanctions. Let's see what happens. No, no, no. Don't let's see what happens me. Okay, and, and look, I hope they are. For all I know, they're working on a virus. We're not going to know it. You know, they might be working on a virus that could get into the c- computers that, that, that are engineering this nuclear program and destroy them. And who knows, d- 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 sabotage the whole the whole nuclear uh, program, for all we know. Maybe it, maybe it even happened that nobody's telling us. But uh, – um, you know, the Stuxnet virus a few years ago, which was a joint effort between the Mossad and the United States, believe it or not, that did incredible damage. That was against Iran's nuclear program, incredible damage. And we should have never known it. When the, once it was announced, the Iranians caught on, and that actually destroyed the impact of the virus. They actually reverse engineered, and they learned a lot, and it was they actually were able to then use it against uh, their enemies, the Iranians. But that was actually leaked by an American general. Were you aware of this? And that general ended up going to jail until, guess when he was released from jail? This is amazing. January 20th of this year, President Obama pardoned him. He pardoned this general who leaked the, the information about the Stuxnet virus. That If that hadn't been leaked, the Iranians would actually be even worse off. And, and right now, as we know, because of Obama, the Iranians are closer than ever to having a nuclear weapon. But that's a story for a separate day. But but the point is, if there's a virus happening right now that we're working on, you know, we would not know about it. And I'm happy about that. That's fine. But let's not rely on sanctions. The New York Times is amazing. The New York Times says, quote, the measure's unanimous approval about the sanctions was a diplomatic victory for the Trump administration uh, and partially reflected growing impatience with North Korea by China, which has historically called relations between them as close as lips and teeth. They've said that China has said that North Korea and our relationship is as close as lips are to teeth. So that's like, I mean, it's unbelievable and a slap in the face. But here's what the, the, the New York Times goes on. And they say, whether Mr. Trump's badgering China played any role in their support for the resolution is unclear. But China's support is still critical to its effectiveness. Are you kidding me? President Trump has been not only tweeting, he's been tweeting, but he met with the Chinese president. And he's been pressuring them in public, much less, I'm sure, I'm sure even more behind the scenes, pressuring them to support sanctions against North Korea and to, to come down hard on North Korea. And then they actually do it. But the New York Times doesn't know. It's unclear if Trump is the reason behind China doing it. Are you kidding me and by the way china in the past has not done it that's because obama didn't pressure them this is unreal uh china's ambassador to the united nations uh did make a comment he said that north korea quote should cease taking actions that might further escalate tensions so that's 
again, another good sign. But he also criticized the United States, this uh, China's ambassador to the to the UN, saying that the dismantlement that 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 they should dismantle a missile defense system it's been installing in South Korea. Ch- Ch- China says that it's counterproductive for us to install a missile defense system in South Korea. Why is that? Why would that possibly be counterproductive? So they're just trying to hedge. They're trying to send a message to North Korea. Listen, we're not really that upset at you, which is very troubling to me. But overall, very, very good sign that China is on board. And again, these sanctions, they're not a bad thing. I, do I think that they're going to solve the problem? No. Hopefully they will. I don't want to be too negative. But let's not get our hopes up. But um, they are a very... Good start, and let's see where things go. Now, the Taylor Force bill, this is huge. Taylor Force bill we've told you about, that is the bill in the Senate that wants to cut funding to the Palestinian Authority. If this bill is passed, it'll cut funding, at least mostly. We, we give hundreds of millions of dollars to the Palestinians, and this will cut it um, unless they stop their program, their government-run program of supporting terrorists and supporting families of terrorists. So that's big. It, it, it just got a big step. It didn't pass in the Senate. It hasn't been voted on in the Senate just yet, but it did. The House Foreign Relations Committee approved it to be voted on in the Senate. So again, it's going to be weeks. I don't know what has taken so long. It's been out there for months. It's going to be weeks now because they're going into recess, so I'm assuming they're not going to vote on it until September, unless I'm wrong about that. That's what it would seem to me. So it'll be a while, but that's a big step forward. I mean, I, I don't see why this should get unanimous consent by Republicans and Democrats. Who could vote against that says you're not taking our millions of dollars, American taxpayer dollars, and literally, literally forking it over to terrorists as a reward for them killing Israelis and Jews. And the more they kill, the more money they get. I mean, it is it is the most outrageous law in in the history of of, of any country. <laughs> and uh, and we're literally the United States is sponsoring terrorism. There's, there's no two ways about it. So you know, we'll see how that goes. And I did just want to uh, mention this, um, well, well, a couple of things. Number one, Nancy Pelosi. Please, please, I beg the Democrats, keep Pelosi in power. She's a great leader. Look at what Pelosi has done for the country. When she's in power, Republicans win, and the country is much better off. So you know, right now there's a ma- major movement. Democrats finally realize what took them so long, I don't know. But they finally realize that Nancy Pelosi is just a disaster of a leader. Uh, of the Democrat Party. So here's the deal, though. I really think it's all in the Republicans' control. I don't care who's in charge. Even if Pelosi's in charge, the Republicans, it's in their control to lose. And that's what they're doing by not passing by this complete debacle of the health care, by not giving Trump funding for the the wall. They're doing it slowly, slowly, taking their time. And uh, they're not supporting Trump and a lot of uh, his other uh, major initiatives to help the country. They're shooting themselves in the foot. You know, this health care thing pretty much to me, solidifies that they're going to lose the House and the Senate. I'll tell you an interesting theory about that in just a second, but I just want to point out, the Republicans are their own worst enemy. If Pelosi's in power, but the Republicans keep governing the way they're governing, they're going to lose in, in 2018. It's as simple as that. And if if somebody great is in power, if the, if, if, if the new generation of Democrats take over, but the Republicans do what they should if they support President Trump and his measures, and they help him boost the economy, and they, and he, they help him make America greater, and make America great again, and defend our country, and beat our enemies, and show strength, and make the American people once again believe in this country, which has been many, many, many years since they've done that. If, if they do all that stuff, 
then they're going to win. I don't care who the Democrats have because that's a winning message. That's a winning strategy. So it's all. So I don't really care if Pelosi's in charge. I care. I don't like her very much. So I'll, I'll definitely be happy in that sense if she's gone. At the same time, her being there, as I said, benefits us because she's easy to beat. But it's all in the hands of the Republicans. And look, it looks certainly looks like they're sabotaging themselves. And here's where I have an interesting theory that John McCain, in a certain sense, may have single-handedly, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, and I've discussed that at length, but he actually may have single-handedly led to something which may which may bring about President Trump's impeachment. Now, this is not a good thing, but think about that. And look, McCain doesn't like President Trump for many reasons. President, President Trump did insult John McCain. Uh, for getting for getting captured by the enemy in the Vietnam War. Look, I I didn't think what President Trump said as a candidate about McCain. I didn't think that was appropriate. But uh, that that that's neither here nor there right now. The point is that McCain doesn't like. They're not good friends. They're not good buddies. Now McCain, the final vote, as you know, the skinny repeal, the final uh, uh, repeal vote. There were 49 Republican senators. All they needed was McCain's vote, and then it would have been a tiebreaker. Pence would have broken the tie. So basically, McCain brought down the final chance, the final chance at a repeal bill. John McCain brought that down. Okay, so here's what's interesting. Because that happened, now it looks very bleak. The odds of having any repeal bill passed are very bleak. It might happen, but it's very bleak. More likely, it's going to be a bipartisan a rescue effort for Obamacare, which I've told you about, and there's more reports about that all the time. And I think in 2018, the Republicans are in danger of losing the House and the Senate because all the Democrats have to do is say, well, they didn't repeal. They promised you they'd repeal. They said they'd repeal over and over again, seven years, no repeal. So they failed. Why Why would you reelect them? And, and, and the Republicans don't deserve to be reelected, frankly. It might change. We still have a year to go, but they don't deserve it. Anyway, so McCain, with that vote, solidifies Possibly the Democrats taking over. Now, what happens if the Democrats take over? Impeachment. If the Democrats take the House, then they will impeach President Trump. I mean, do do, do we not think that's going to happen? I, th- I think that's going to be a disaster on a million levels. I think it could lead to unrest, to riots. I mean, uh, the President Trump supporters are emotional and passionate, and rightfully so. And it would be the worst. It would be the absolute most egregious thing that anybody has ever done to impeach President Trump. But it might happen. And is that McCain's way of sort of taking revenge and saying, listen, you want to mess with us? You want to mess with me? I'm going to bring you down. So that could be really, really interesting. A little conspiratorial, but I don't think it's so it's so crazy. All right, a lot more going on in the coming days. We will get to it all. Uh, We thank you all for joining us. Once again, we will see you next time.